Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast for July 25th. It is a new era for Monday Night Raw, and they kicked it off with a bang. I am joined by Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes. Rob, how you doing? And tell us about what, what the people can see over on Shake Them Ropes this week. Hi, everybody. Uh, yes, my name is Rob. Welcome uh, back to the Monday Night Shows. Uh, at Shake Them Ropes is the Twitter handle. As you can see in the description, I am super more smarter than Sean Ross Sapp. And uh, thank you, everyone, for, uh, for joining us on the show. At Shake Them Ropes, big shows this week. We did a uh, Sunday podcast last night. And uh, with Jeff Hawkins, who you know if you watch the uh, Tuesday SmackDown Live shows. And then this week we have uh, After Buzz TV's Markeia McCarty guesting on the show. So Wednesday at Shake Them Ropes on iTunes, Markeia McCarty of After Buzz TV joins us to talk about all this Finn Balorness going on. Shake Them Ropes is somewhat of a super show, you could say, Rob. You are here yeah. on the Fightful.com Monday post-Raw show. Yeah. Jeff, on our Tuesday show, he beat you in the ratings last week, Rob. Well, I mean, I had the reveal of Mick Foley as a GM, and he had the draft, the biggest hype thing in WWE this year. So, uh, you know, I understand. I'll beat him again this week because we have the debut of Finn Balor. And then yes. tomorrow on SmackDown, what are they going to do? Are they going to do Dean Ambrose and Alberto Del Rio? Watch it happen. Uh, yeah, there's there's not a lot going on on SmackDown this week. Raw was the most – Raw comes back as the A show. It's like, we lost the title, but guess what? We're going to create an even bigger one. That's the world title. We're creating a title for the universe. Uh, and yeah, Finn Balor came in in a major way, and there's a lot going on on Raw. Tomorrow's SmackDown, I really, I really fear that it's going to seem like a pretty lame show in comparison. Like, I, I don't know what they're going to pull out of their hat uh, because they got, I mean, who'd they get? Uh, as far as like the NXT call-ups even, the most important NXT call-up was Finn Balor. Yes, American Alpha could do a big thing, but I don't think they're going to impact... SmackDown as much as Finn Balor did tonight on Raw, especially, and uh, I, I don't, I don't really see what they're going to pull out of their hat because everyone knows the story there. It's AJ Styles, John Cena. The question can be what's Dean Ambrose going to do, but it's not like they have a lot of names to pull out of their hat to go up with Dean Ambrose right now because Randy Orton's 
kind of saddled with Brock Lesnar at the moment. It's not like Brock Lesnar showing up on SmackDown tomorrow. So I, I wonder what they're going to do, but I fear that in comparison to this Raw, it's going to look weak. I'll just have you know that I beat both of you in the ratings on my solo show for the post-UFC fight night or UFC on Fox 20 show. That, that was a shocker to me. I'll just say that. I didn't expect that many people to care about that show. But, you know, post-USADA Gilbert Melendez equals ratings, I guess, Rob. Um, and we got a post-wellness test, Roman Reigns. We got a lot to talk about on this show, Rob. This was a big Raw. It was a huge Raw. And, you know, I tweeted out, you, you know, imagine this Raw as, like, in front of the post-WrestleMania audience. Like, if this was WrestleMania weekend, because that's the type of Raw you usually get. Like, you get important matches, you get the debuts. Uh, that that crowd would have gone nuts and not to take anything away from the Pittsburgh crowd because they really did their part tonight. That show from top to bottom was a fun show to watch. Important stuff happening. I really liked it. And now we have a, a future planned out already. It's a month away. SummerSlam's coming. We know what the main event is already. And it's a main event I think a lot of people can get excited about. I do too. The, the changes were evident from the beginning of the show. They adopted okay. a new theme song. Uh, I think it's Enemies by Shinedown. I think that's what I read that it was. Uh, new graphics, new camera angles. The announce table was moved back in the, the WCW Nitro area, sort of, that they that they had on Raw about 10 years ago as well. A lot um, of the aspects, not to cut you off, a lot of the aspects of the show were Nitro-esque. It's amazing what happens. When the XFL was out there, they did a lot of innovative things. And the NFL, you know, fans were making fun of a lot of them. Uh, the NFL later on and a lot of their TV partners use some of the stuff that the XFL was famous for. Most importantly, the, the camera that goes over the field, like it's a regular staple now in NFL telecasts. Whereas nitro, they had the announce table away from the raw or from the ring. They had a lot of these elements that WWE, they used when Eric Bischoff took control of raw and you can understand why they would do it. Like Eric Bischoff was putting his spin on it. He was the nitro president. He did all this stuff with WCW. So you can understand why they did it. Tonight, they just did it to change the pace, and I really liked what they did because not only was the table away from the ring, but the announcers, when they would do their, their close-ups, they weren't sitting down. They weren't sitting down like they used to be at the, uh, at the table before. Uh, a lot of those stand-ups had them standing up. You could see the crowd behind them instead of seeing just an empty blank space behind them like you did in the mid-2000s. It looked like a fresh new approach, even though we've seen the table there before. And it looked really cool. You could see a packed audience. You could see the ring. You saw action. You saw energy in the crowd. Uh, that was a really cool, small little step of showing behind the table instead of in front of the table. I like that. I like the changes. Doing yeah. something fresh is good. As I mentioned uh, on on Twitter last week, the, the Raw theme that they had was like the third longest running ever that they've done, which you know kind of surprised me, but... They, they adopted a new theme. I won't say it's the greatest thing in the world, but it's new. So as long as it doesn't get run into the ground, I'm okay with it. Yeah, um, and I've long, I've long since stopped caring about what the actual theme is. I actually, sure. I missed those, uh, that brief stent or that brief, uh, what was it? A stretch of maybe like four or five Raws. Maybe it was even longer where they didn't even have any announce, uh, any announcers up front. They didn't have any music. They didn't have any pyro. They just got into Raw. Someone was in the ring right at the start of the show. Uh, I I don't care about the entrance music these days very much. It's it's something that happens for what thirty to sixty seconds. It's not important. It's cool when they do different things like that. At least it it does change up the pace of the show. So I guess it was needed. Unless you do like TNA does and put your friggin' theme on every video that you produce for years, um, 
that can be a little frustrating. But yeah, they they had all the wrestlers out on the ramp on the on the stage. They addressed the lack of a title on the show, blamed Roman Reigns for that, and announced that they would be adopting a WWE Universal Championship. I like it. I do too. Uh, I like that used the by- they just they didn't bring they just didn't go back to having the World Heavyweight Championship, which is what a lot of folks probably worried was going to happen. I thought that made sense. Just you know, they renamed a couple of weeks ago. Uh, might have been two weeks ago. They renamed the WWE Championship from the WWE World Heavyweight Championship to just WWE Championship. So you know, you look at that and you think, okay, they'll bring back the World Heavyweight Championship, so it's different. But no, instead they went with the Universal Championship. We're probably going to have a different belt, so it doesn't feel like a retread from the um, early 2000s. I like that too, because that, that, that big gold belt had already been established as the lesser than title because of its, its affiliation, not necessarily with SmackDown, just the way that it had been for the last several years. It had been booked poorly. Um, this, you know, it's cool. I, I like them doing something different. I, I'm cool with that. Obviously, WWC, CMLL, a couple of different other promotions have had universal championships in the past, which, you know, Primo and Epico could lay claim to future universal championship title reigns. No, stop. Yeah. No, not in no. the WWE. No. no. Yeah. They'll probably get about 15 of them in the WWC, but. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you know what? A lot of people have world heavyweight titles. A lot of people have, you know, their brand, sure. championship, whatever. Universal, it's a name. It's fine. It's, uh, you know, they they made the segue from the WWE Universe to calling it the Universal Championship. So Mick Foley, cheap pop once again. Uh, it's it's fine for a name. It's It was going to be on Raw. So really, it's not so much the title that was booked poorly. It was when the title was on SmackDown that it was booked poorly. You know what? This, this championship was going to be on Raw. It was going to be the main championship. Anything that's on Raw... Still, to me, unless they prove otherwise over the course of time here, is still the A thing. So that title, whatever it was called, whatever it was going to be, would have been the A thing on Raw. So I feel like the the name itself, while it, it's cool they named it differently, so they were go- they were going to avoid those pigeonholes of being you know the lesser than championship. So they felt they needed to do it. They did it, and we'll see how it works out. It's certainly we'll talk about it when we get to this main event. I mean, they're certainly doing everything they can to make it seem fresh and new. Sure. Before we get into the action, I want to remind everybody, visit Fightful.com. We had a very, very good first month, particularly with podcasting. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, we're we're 19 days in and you all have already listened, downloaded, viewed our shows 60,000 times. Pretty good for a a website that hasn't even started marketing yet. The site isn't even finished. That's hopefully happening this week. We were hoping for last Friday but we are not going to start like marketing the website until we are 100% happy. We have forums coming. A lot of you asked for the discus comment boards on the stories. Those are coming too. As I mentioned, uh, we were originally going to go with something for members only, but that's just going to be for the forums. That way everybody can join in on the uh, discus comment boards. As always, if you get registered at uh, fightful.com, doesn't cost a dime, never will. No credit card needed. Go there, sign up. If there are some issues with it uh, right now, those will be resolved by the end of the week. But lots of cool stuff coming. We have exclusive interviews, podcasts, show coverage. We have Showdown Joe, Vince Russo, uh, Rob McCarron, of course, and his partner from Shake Them Ropes, uh, Jeff Hawkins. We had our great, uh, great uh, Raw and pay-per-view coverage 
Uh, guy Alex Palowski on last night. He was excellent on the post pay per view show. Lots of fun, guys. Check out fightful.com and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page. I've got some cool stuff coming up there as well. And also, check out Shake Them Ropes. Do Rob a solid. Do Crazy Bob a solid. Do Crazy Bob a solid. Yeah. Shake Them Ropes. You can find it online at voicesofwrestling.com. And I'm just going to keep doing these weird cadences so that Sean thinks it's okay to talk and then I interrupt him. Either way. That's how I do it. The first thing that I wanted to bring up, Michael Cole stepped up his game tonight. Michael Cole was fun. Well, he seemed rejuvenated having Corey Graves, who is who is his protege. Corey Graves is the guy that's been working with Michael Cole for the last two years. Michael Cole was the one working with him all the time, getting him ready. Michael Cole would go down to the Performance Center. They're, they have the ISDN. They have the technology to where he could be up in Stanford working with Corey Graves, you know, as if they were in the same building when he was at the Performance Center. So this is a guy that was really excited for Corey. Uh, I liken it to when Jim Ross brought in Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman wasn't a, a regular commentator, and, and Jim Ross had been the WWE staple for so long. He's like, settle down, kid. We'll, we'll get you there, blah, blah, blah. You know, Michael Cole, I think he's rejuvenated having Corey Graves around. I really do. I think it's a fresh start not just for him, but a fresh start for the commentary team, and it's a chance to show uh, Michael Cole that it is. a chance for Michael Cole to show, hey, you know, this is my protege. This is a guy that can eventually be even higher within WWE and the announce team. So I, I think it all rejuvenated Michael Cole quite a bit. I'll talk about the things I liked in particular from him. Uh, one person that did not rejuvenate was Byron Saxton. He was the, the way that he usually – Booty Saxton, as somebody pointed out on uh, on our comment board. Either way, they announced that Seth Rollins would be competing at SummerSlam for the newly minted, well, maybe not even minted yet, universal title. And there would be two fatal four-way matches to uh, determine his opponent. The first one was Cesaro versus Rusev versus Owens versus Balor. I have to be honest, I was a little pissed off that they ran this one first because I was wanting a vignette for Finn Balor to kind of introduce him to people. You didn't we got it. that later, though. You didn't? Yeah, but you really, honestly, it didn't matter if it would have showed at any time. You didn't need it. I mean, this is quite the introduction. Going out there and winning a four-way over established names and then going out and beating Roman Reigns in the main event, that's enough of a vignette for you. And you've had two years of him, or a year and a half, or whatever it's been, of him in NXT, where a lot of that crowd already knew who he was. Uh, vignettes are great. You know, I'm, I'm usually not on here saying less vignettes because the vignettes they produce are awesome. But if you were going to start him coming out on the very first segment of Raw, you didn't necessarily need a vignette before that. It's great that they showed one later on for those who uh, wanted to get even more familiar with him if they weren't, but you didn't need it before his first match. This night was enough to show you who Finn Balor was. Yes, I didn't expect this night to happen. As I said, I was upset that there weren't Finn Balor vignettes. With the win in the Fatal 4-Way, the win over Reigns, and the vignette that they showed, I think they did him uh, quite quite a service on this show of establishing exactly who he was. I think that he got the best of every type of booking possible. Uh, this Fatal 4-Way match was really fun, as expected. Cesaro, Rusev, Owens, Balor, four guys that can work. Um, you know, I've harped on Balor for kind of being repetitive in the ring and things like that, but still, the matches were good tonight. He always manages to have good matches despite that. So, I mean, yeah, a hell of a start for Finn Balor, Rob. Oh, it was a great start for Finn Balor. He came out, you know, he... Wait, let me, let me, let me interrupt you. Was this the greatest start for a WWE main roster debut ever? No. 
Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, he got he got the big wins. What else would be uh, what else would be the comparison? I mean, Chris Jericho came in pretty hot, and he was a big deal right off the bat. Did the promo with The Rock, but he didn't win any matches. Like in a month, he was nothing in WWE. So I guess uh, if we're just talking about first nights, I don't know what else you compare between a Chris Jericho and Finn Balor here. Uh, Tensai maybe Tensai coming in and uh, and lighting up the place. Um, what would be in the what would be in the range? What would be in the I'm range trying to think of anything. Days? In I'm trying to think era, of anybody who has debuted on national live TV any better. I mean, you know, he's been – I think he – I don't even think he was on the New Japan on Access shows by the time that they aired those. So maybe he's not been exposed nationally on TV at all in America. I mean, he's been in the Access TV shows, and you have, you know, NXT and as far as America goes. In the United States, no, but uh, you know, he – the WWE Network is available on regular TV in Canada, so I mean they've seen him, and you know people have seen the guy. Uh, the greatest debuts, I mean, on the spot, I'm not quite too sure. In the Raw era of WWE, there have been some really big debuts, but they're not coming in beating the big star of the promotion, Roman Reigns, beating three of the top mid carders in the company in the first night. You know, getting the chance at the world title in their first night. Uh, I'm sure there's one or two that can be somewhat comparable, but yeah, this may be the best single night in the ring of a debut for importance because this guy won two matches to get into the main event of SummerSlam. You know, there have been debuts that have been hot. Brock Lesnar beating up everyone in the ring when he debuts. Uh, Paige, on her debut, winning the women's championship, I guess could be, if you're looking at this from a if-this-were-real perspective, Paige's sure. debut is actually better because Paige won the championship on her first night. So there have been some debuts that can be comparable, sure. Also, I saw a lot of people complaining about the set because it was one that they used for SummerSlam 2012 and 13. We had so many people bitching and whining. We want a new set. We want a new set. We want a new set. And it's one that hasn't been seen in about a thousand days. It's not good enough. What are your feelings about the set, Rob? I think people have to stop worrying about the set, you know. And just sometimes it goes back to different things. You know, I'm, I'm more concerned... The same people who are worried about the set are also the people who really want the in-ring product to change. And are you going to complain about the set tonight when you got Finn Balor winning the main event to go to the SummerSlam main event against Seth Rollins, another uh, favorite of a lot of people's out there and mine included? Um, I'm more worried about what happens in the ring than what happens on the set. And they, they delivered tonight. Tonight was just, they delivered. Um, Nia Jax destroyed Britt Baker from Absolute Intense Wrestling. This was the kind of match that I think Nia Jax needed to have. Um, they did show a vignette for her on the pre-show, but she is the type of person that I really think could benefit from those because she's going to have really short matches probably for a little while until she inevitably you know, gets her spot probably against Sasha Banks. Yeah, it's just not, it's not her time yet. They're going to build her up a little bit. She's going to do, uh, you know, just because it's on my mind because I brought it up a little earlier, she's going to do what Tensai did for a while, right? Where Tensai was kept out of anything important. He was just beating up job guys. Nia Jax will do that. Nia Jax will come up, beat up job girls, and Sasha Banks and Charlotte will probably have another rematch at SummerSlam. And then Nia Jax can come in versus either Charlotte or Sasha, hopefully Sasha. And, you know, we'll go into that more when that match comes up. But, yes, I like it. You know, let let Nia Jax get her feet wet on Raw because she's still somewhat Raw, right? I mean, it's not like she had been in NXT for a long time on television. So let her get her feet wet. Let her get comfortable. uh, Let her get some personality out. Let her get in the ring. Get all the cobwebs out of her system there, and we'll see some big things from her. I mean, it's exciting. We got new blood all over the women's division. We got it uh, a lot on both shows, really, 
in a lot of ways. So I'm excited to see where it goes. But yes, I like it was a fresh start. Britt Baker coming in. Britt Baker, a girl that they could probably sign someday. I mean, she's still really young. Uh, so yeah, there, there's time. We got on this show two unsigned jobbers. I like it. David Bixenspan wrestled on this show, Rob. Did he now? Against Braun Strowman. Good for him. Thumbs up to our good friend, David Bixenspan. Um, he, he needs it right now. He did well. He did well. He fought. He fought hard. Can you, go on. I have nothing to say. Go on. <laughs> we see a backstage segment where Sasha Banks uh, is interrupted by Goldust and R-Truth playing Pokemon. This was incredibly corny shit. Um, do, do you think they're going too hard on the Pokemon Go? I know it's a craze right now, but did it have to be brought up as much as it was last night and tonight? We get three segments tonight, with three or four segments with Pokemon Go tonight, but they can't weave something, some important things in there. Like where, where are Shane McMahon and... Daniel Bryan, or not Shane McMahon or Daniel Bryan, Stephanie and Mick Foley throughout all this. Well, uh, at the same time, is it a bad thing that they come out, set the show, and then disappear? Uh, that's true, too. That's very true. Um, can't argue with that. Sasha Banks, for as good as she was in the ring tonight, her promos are not that great. And says basically the same thing every time. I hope that changes. I'd rather see a more genuine Sasha Banks than than this. It's, you know, it's it's her deal. So there's that. But it's it's her deal, and and she does okay. This this promo went. Uh, I thought she did well when the crowd interrupted her with yes chance, right? Because some people won't do that well. Some people get thrown off a little bit, and she didn't repeat her entire statement that she was about to make. She went right into it. So you can see the emotion. I mean, last night and then tonight, it's a whirlwind. Uh, I. I uh I loved the whole Sasha Banks presentation, but I you know there's there's other stuff on this raw here, but yeah the the entire Sasha yeah. Banks presentation I just from start to finish of the women's championship match to to Sasha Banks getting in the ring there and saying what she did and seeing Charlotte's response just walking away like I can't believe what happened when moments earlier I thought I had this in the bag. Uh, there's probably another match coming at SummerSlam, but the whole presentation of that was absolutely amazing to the point of Michael Cole saying we may have just seen the main event. Like we had this Finn Balor, Roman Reigns match oh, yeah. coming later and Michael Cole was putting this over. Like this was the best match you're going to see tonight. And the most important match you're going to see tonight, possibly. I'll talk about that in a, in a minute because that, that was something I really liked. Yeah. Uh, outside of the, the Sasha Banks pre-match stuff backstage, I, I loved everything to do with that. Also announced was Brock Lesnar for next week's raw, no punishment to be handed down. Due to his USADA suspend or his USADA failures, how how do you feel about that? Do you think he should have gotten off? Do you think that because I mean Billy Gunn, granted, much different situation, failed a drug test outside of the WWE and was fired. He's a full time employee, and again, I've said this on this very show: full time employees at jobs, for the most part, that have uh, drug policies, are going to get fired. You know, you can't just be going out there and testing positive for something. And expect not to have some discipline for you. Brock Lesnar's an independent contractor. He's also a non-regular performer. And Vince McMahon has made that clear that they don't test non-regular performers like they do their regular performers who are on the roster. So he's got every loophole in the book. And do I care that he's not suspended? No, because I want to see the match. And I generally don't care 
if Brock Lesnar is taking something to gain an edge in UFC, I don't, I just don't care. Um, he doesn't need to gain any edge in WWE. His spot is secure. He wasn't doing anything for his WWE run. At the same time, I'm not surprised he tested positive. His body in WWE has always been different than what it was when he was doing MMA. I mean, the body for that time in between WWE was a lot different Brock Lesnar than what you see currently in WWE and what you saw in 2002. So am I surprised he popped for something? No. Do I care if WWE suspends him? It may look hypocritical in future cases, and it probably does a little bit in past cases. But no, I don't care that he's not suspended before the Randy Orton match. And maybe they'll revisit this. Maybe something will come out. Maybe he hasn't even had his Las Vegas hearing, by the way. He hasn't had his NCAC or NSAC uh, hearing. So maybe they can't even do anything right now. Maybe they don't want to do anything and can't do anything in all realty here, in all realism. So I'll, I'll be fine with them waiting and seeing. If they, if they suspend him afterwards, we all know it's, you know, whatever, because he's not wrestling the month after SummerSlam. Who cares? But at least they can say, hey, we gave him the same punishment we would give anyone else. Speaking of hypocritical, last night on Battleground, Randy Orton said, no enhancements needed. Nine years ago, he was outed as having obtained the same substance, in addition to six other substances that Brock Lesnar tested positive for. We, we know that, and we remember that, but I was stunned because last night, Randy Orton cuts that promo, and I thought it was funny. I thought it was a good line, I right? And, and, and Brock Lesnar's in the news, and Randy Orton for this is not in the news right now, so that's good for Randy Orton. But I tweeted out just the, uh, the image of the WWE website when he was suspended the second time and suspended for 60 days, and, or 90 days, whatever it was. And I tweeted this out, and I got so many people on my timeline who either thought it was a Photoshop job and I was just making fun of Randy Orton, or they thought that it was marijuana that he was suspended for. Like a lot of people, yeah. I think, have the, real, have the expectation that he was suspended for marijuana when that isn't the case. Yeah. And I was just stunned how many people did not know what that story was. So when I'm looking at the casual WWE audience, especially, I mean, this is nine years ago. Think about how many kids are in there. Think about how many 15-year-olds weren't watching wrestling back then. Think about how many 20-year-olds right now who are watching wrestling don't know about this Randy Orton suspension from forever ago because it wasn't put on TV like Roman Reigns was this time. I mean, back then, they weren't telling you who was suspended and why sure. and, and why they're off TV for all this period of time. So I, I'm not surprised that there's a large audience out there, a large audience of people who don't know what Randy Orton was suspended for and thought this was a funny line and, and whatever goes. So, you know, we may know that Randy Orton was suspended. A lot of people out there don't. And a lot of people out there just thought it was a shot at Brock and it was a good shot at Brock. I mean, a lot of people don't remember... Edge and uh, Booker T were listed as clients in that signature pharmacy scandal. Uh, yeah. I mean, those long, guys as well. It's a long, 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 oh, yeah. long, long time ago. I mean, you talk about nine years ago from this era, and, and the internet's a different era, and it's, I struggle sometimes to get in perspective, you know, how long people remember certain things, because we're talking about 10 years ago as being like 2006. Imagine if you were in the year 2000. And you're looking back at 10 years ago at 1990, think of how different wrestling was from the 1990s to the 2000s. Uh, sometimes 10 years can be a long time. And yeah, we see a lot of the same faces that you don't usually have uh, in 10 year gaps. But I, I was stunned when I was seeing my timeline there and so many people just, the, the amount of people that thought I photoshopped a Randy Orton suspension <laughs> notice from WWE.com thinking it was fake, thinking it like, what are you doing this fake? You know, marijuana doesn't cause suspensions, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is a real suspension from forever ago, guys. It's like you have but, backups on hand in uh, the event that you discover that one of them is photoshopped. 
Uh, it's just funny, man. It's just funny. Uh, but you can get all my hilarious tweets at Shake Them Robes. And they should follow you. I do. I was straight up on fire last night, too, man. Oh, I wish all these savages out there, you savages on Twitter who like the tweet and don't retweet it. Like, let, let people know this tweet that you liked, right? I, I don't yeah, care if you're guys, up your... Yeah, I, I, I have that. to. Go. That's why I prefer it to be the favorite because it seems right. a little more offensive now that it's a like instead of a favorite. Because I'm like, if you liked it that damn much, why didn't you retweet it? Why are you liking the fact that Rob and I are doing a podcast and not retweeting it? We need this. In order for us to get paid for what we do, we need more people to see it. We don't need more people to like it. We need more people to see it. I like that tweet. I think I'll hit this little heart button. I don't know if I like it enough to share it with Ma and Paul, but I'll hit the heart button for you. I'm just going to agree with this comment based on that comment on, on the YouTube page. It says, I bet Rob has a 4.45 ERA. I'm Ricky Nolasco. I'll straight up admit to being Ricky Nolasco. I don't care. I'm going to get my money. <laughs> anyway, New Day came out. They cut a – oh, God, I did not like this. I did not like this segment. One of the few things I didn't like on the show. Uh, they brought a fan out to celebrate with them, their, their title reign. Uh, he, came in the, he came in the ring. He danced with them. Sonny Boy, some fun interaction there. We got the crowd chanting for Sonny Boy. Uh, also, if – had uh, New Day not lost the titles to primetime players last year, they would be less than a month away from the legit all-time WWE uh, record for tag team title reign. Uh, they'd be passing Demolition in under a month. But um, the club, well, Gallows and Anderson came out and attacked the New Day, then threw New Day's gear at Sunny Boy. What was this segment doing for you, Rob? I don't know. Well, I guess it inspired me to use that voice I just did. But other than that, no, it, it was a segment. The New Day segments sometimes are getting weird. But what, what you'll notice about the New Day is they'll have a segment like this every once in a while. I remember a couple of months ago when people were talking about a New, ba- a New Day segment being the worst segment of Raw all time. They tend to fight back and they tend to come back the next week. So I'm not too worried about this one. They'll dial it back next time, hopefully. If they don't, well, then they're starting to get in trouble because there is another more popular tag team. It's always the, you have to keep your spot. And the New Day went through a year where they were the most popular tag team and there's no one even close. Well, now Enzo and Cass are here. And I dare say they're close, if not more popular right now than the New Day. And people will start turning on the New Day. And we'll see what happens there when the New Day eventually classes, clashes with Enzo and Cass, if that is going to happen anytime in the near future. But uh, yeah, this is, this is a segment. And they can't all be winners. So it didn't do much for me tonight, but I'm not too worried about it for the New Day's future. I agree. Also, guys, please uh, visit our sponsor, DraftBeast.com. We've been talking a lot about drafts this week, last week. Visit DraftBeast.com. Sign up. Great sponsor of the show, as always. Um, Neville versus Curtis Axel. So they've got they've given him this Mr. Axel. Is Mr. Irrelevant gimmick. So his father was Mr. Perfect. He's Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, it's something fun for Curtis Axel, but... Is it something fun? <laughs> this this guy has had a lot of these different things, so now he's Mr. Irrelevant. So yeah. whatever might help him do something on TV. I mean, it didn't help tonight, losing to Neville. No. 
you know, they brought in Britt Baker. They brought in some of these job guys or they're bringing in some of these job guys, but they have some on their own roster right now. From tonight, you would think that the shining stars already are job guys and that Curtis yes. Axel is going to continue to be a job guy. Who knows what's going to happen with Bo Dallas in the future? Uh, yeah, they're bringing back jobbers. All right. Unfortunately, the jobbers are on their own show. Yeah. Darren Young and Bob Backlund are backstage. Pokemon Go shit ensues. Uh, and, and I'm okay with Pokemon Go. I don't want to give the impression that I'm for some reason against Pokemon Go. Whatever. But uh, they really hammered it home. I will say, Bob Backlund was fantastic. He's great. I like Bob Backlund. I like what Bob Backlund has done in this run. I think he's doing really well. Um, I, I don't think you can trust him a lot. And that showed really at the pay-per-view last night. You couldn't trust him with the timing of everything. But for what he's doing to Darren Young, I think it's helping Darren Young become more noticeable. I don't think he'll be needed much longer, honestly. But I like Bob Backlund in this return. I did too. Fine with that. Then, then we got really just one of the most, one of the best goddamn segments I've seen on Raw, maybe, maybe ever. I really enjoyed it. Sasha Banks versus Charlotte for the women's title was a little surprised they didn't hold on to. Um, hold off till SummerSlam, but I'm cool with them doing this on Raw. It really sets the tone in this draft era that anything can happen on Monday Night Raw, and this was a huge moment. You know, from from the opening bell, I was just waiting for Dana Brooke to run in, interfere, and and cause a distraction. These two women treated it like it was a pay-per-view main event and treated it like they wanted to main event a pay-per-view and, you know, as if I didn't believe it before, this is further evidence that they are they are qualified to do so, at least in the ring. An emotional moment. Great, great match. They, they went all out. Um, the match was crazy. I mean, I was watching these sequences of moves, and I'm thinking, okay, they're, this is a pay-per-view quality match. Like, I felt the way you're watching these two that there might be an actual winner here because the moment they announced this match and the moment it happened at the nine o'clock hour, I'm thinking, okay, they'll go 15 minutes. They'll give them all the notoriety in the world. They'll give them all the push for their 15 minutes, but it's going to end in some screwy fashion. They're not going to give us the title change here. They're not going to give us a title retention here. It's going to be a long match. The crowd can like, and then we have a screwy finish. And then Charlotte hits that moonsault, that little moonsault elbow that ended up turning out to be, in a way, that, that moonsault, I, I jumped up. And I said, what the hell are these two doing? Like, this is insane. This is pay-per-view quality. And I'm watching every second of that match. And then Sasha finally, almost died. Oh, my God. No, she was, I, I tell you, she was great. Super athletic. She gets there. She basically lands. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
on her feet in a way. And then she yeah, takes the tumble back, which she probably didn't have to do. But uh, it, it was awesome. I was loving it. I'm pulling for Sasha during this match, which is what you want people to do, right? And I'm pulling for Sasha, and she finally wins. And I'm thinking, oh, that, that was awesome. The match, the presentation, the post-match interview, I, I, I did like throughout that's the show. That's something I haven't brought up. They did these post-match interviews. I All loved it. it. Like you mentioned, like All you mentioned, over. a lot of aspects of old Nitro stuff. They used to do this a lot. Yes. I thought it was awesome. I loved they, them doing that. They would do it with Gene, but here you got, you got Tom Phillips coming out. You got Byron Saxton coming out. You made him feel important. You got the interviews with Roman Reigns. You know, there were some cool aspects of the show that they did actually change around. Like, this was a different presentation of Raw, and now they have these new talents who are going to be all over the shows the next couple of weeks and the next few months, all the way to WrestleMania, and it gives me some hope. I mean, the start of this brand split has given me hope. Yeah, I had, and, and you know, of course they're going to kick off Monday Night Raw hot. They have to. They have to show people even though we're cutting this roster in half, it doesn't mean we're going to be in for you know a, a lesser show than usual. Because I, I don't know, uh, couldn't imagine it being much more you know I don't want to say lowly, just uneventful than it has been some this year. And they killed it tonight. And this match was a giant part of that. And and we talked about it earlier. Michael Cole put these women over so much, especially after the match. He said that this is the main event. How are Roman Reigns and Finn Balor going to live up to this? What are they going to do? These women are as good as it gets. You know, he he went above and beyond to put over the women in the ring, Rob. Yeah, they, they did a really good job. There was no one... There was no one here fighting with each other. I like that JBL wasn't... I, I do like JBL as an announcer. I really do. But JBL was gone. Jerry Lawler's gone. Byron Saxton and Corey Graves were getting along for the most part, uh, at least while I was watching. And I will admit that I didn't have commentary on the entire show. Um, but Michael Cole and all these guys were getting along. They were calling the matches. They were doing everything they could to put the talent over. And right now, think about what you have on the Raw side. Sure, we don't have Dean Ambrose on the show. We don't have AJ Styles on the show. We don't have Randy Orton on the show. That's probably not a big thing for a lot of you. It is for me. I love Randy Orton. But we have Finn Balor and Seth Rollins in the main event in quite possibly the main event of the entire SummerSlam show, but definitely the main event of the Raw side. You also had in this Sasha Banks winning the women's championship and a big line of contenders behind her, by the way. You have Nia Jax, you have Charlotte, and if they want to throw someone like Naomi in there, some other talents available, they have some options there. Uh, I am liking the new direction so far of Raw, and that again goes into my point where I'm worried a little bit about SmackDown because tomorrow's SmackDown, I don't see how they can put on a show quite like what Raw did tonight, even when they have two hours and they can just load it up as much as they possibly can. Uh, I, I'm worried about what they're going to do on SmackDown tonight, but tonight's Raw, hey, hell of a start, and I'm looking forward to the future. Like four weeks away, SummerSlam, and I'm looking forward so much to SummerSlam, maybe as much right now as NXT TakeOver back in Dallas. This did feel like a, a WrestleMania or a Raw after WrestleMania show. It was. I mean, it was. It, it may have been better than a lot of these uh, past WrestleMania Raw shows that we really put over because we remember them hotly because there might be that one big moment. Brock Lesnar returning, the Ryback turning on John Cena, Dolph Ziggler winning the world championship. Those Raws have big moments, but they mostly have the crowd interaction. And that's what a lot of people really remember about those shows. If you put that crowd on this show, this is probably one of the most remembered Raws of all time. 
Yeah, I think it's one of the better Raws I've ever seen. To be because it was a great honest. show, and and it was the great show that got the Raw crowd excited. It, you know, a lot of these WrestleMania Raws, the crowd is already excited, and then they make a show great. This was a great show, making the crowd excited, and then just furthering com- the completion of the package there because they could have just sat on their hands if they were given a poor first hour, and they were not given a poor first hour, and they were given something to look forward to in the main event. And I'm really interested to see. I'm not a big raw ratings guy a lot, at least recently, because I know TV is going down in a lot of ways and TV will be different in five years than it is now. But the ratings really might tell a story here because you have the post pay-per-view. Could the third hour be the highest rated hour of raw? We'll see. Uh, I'm excited to see what the ratings say about this show, because I thought, you know, there was reason from the first hour to stay all the way till the third. Yeah, before each Raw and SmackDown, I'm going to be bringing. Uh, I, I do. I take a good look at the the YouTube viewership numbers, and that helps gauge interest a little bit more because they they put each of these segments on YouTube. And mm-hmm. if something gets a lot of attention, like Shane McMahon returning, it will just overperform. So I'm going to bring those breakdowns to Fightful.com so you guys check out those. I'm going to wait the full week and then post them before each show. That way, uh, people really get a good look at. at what resonated, especially through the weekend. Um, yeah, visit Fightful.com, you guys. Do not forget, or I will yell at you. But uh, Sasha Banks Charlotte couldn't ask for anything much better than than what happened. She got the You Deserve It chance. Yeah, she did. Uh, she she said she's prove why yeah. she's the best, and this is the era of the boss, the era of change. More, more of the same out of her promos, but you could tell that she – this is a person who said that she missed her grandmother's funeral to stay home and watch – Smackdown. Yep. If that's not committed to pro wrestling, got me beat there. No, she loves it. She's a huge fan. She's been uh, thinking of this moment for a long, long time. So, um, you know, especially as an NXT fan, you watch her when she first shows up on television and she's really not that great. And she's not, there's no confidence in her to all the way seeing this moment. And it's kind of a big deal. Like you, you feel in a way that you were part of the ride. And that's how a lot of people feel about Sami Zayn. That's how a lot of people feel uh, felt about Daniel Bryan. She's got some of that. Bailey has some of that, but Sasha Banks definitely has some of that. You feel like you're on the ride with her, and you want to see her do well. Didn't expect this out of Raw. Didn't expect the the, the overall performance out of Raw. Didn't expect the title change. There was a lot of, you know, just surprise on this episode of Raw, and, and that had a, a lot to do with its quality. Also a surprise, Braun Strowman and his hair. Uh, He shared his haircut with this jobber, James Ellsworth. Another thing I loved, they interviewed the jobber before the match. And Byron Saxton, probably the best thing I've seen him do on the main roster, said, with all due respect, what are you thinking facing Braun Strowman? I get a feeling that Braun Strowman squash matches may develop into one of my favorite things. Could be. Could be, sometimes squash matches are really good, but uh, you know you had Braun Strowman in there with a little bit of a new look. Uh, you had, <laughs> I mean, yeah, job guys are funny sometimes. It, sometimes this the job guy, guy really, great. yeah, no, he he played it up. You had Braun Strowman in there, who's who's kind of got a little bit of that early Mason Ryan disease, where he he just doesn't move like he's a fluid, you know, pro wrestler or any type of human individual. Uh, power lifts, power lifters sometimes have that; they're a little bit immobile. But Brom looked a little better here. He didn't look completely horrible. He looked passable enough. And he's going to be given a lot of these opportunities. What they do with him out of this, I don't know. 
But because uh, I don't see him in the world title picture anytime soon. And what are you going to do? You're going to put him in the title picture with like a guy like Rusev? I don't know. Uh, so I'm interested to see what they keep doing with Braun Strowman. Sure. I'll tell you why I'm glad they picked this jobber. Now, because on Thursdays, when Vince Russo says, oh, they looked like they plucked Neville or Sami Zayn off the streets, I can say, oh, no, no. Nope. That guy on Monday that faced Braun Strowman, they plucked him off the streets. Or they didn't, right. they didn't even pluck him off the streets. He's an indie wrestler. <laughs> but he looks like he got plucked off the streets. So he, he all happy like he got, about that. He walked into the building as a fan. And someone came to him and said, hey, you want to wrestle Braun Strowman tonight? And he was like, I guess, like three beers in. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a perfect explanation of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Enzo and Cass came out, cut a little promo. They were interrupted by the Shining Stars. This match was interrupted by Golden Truth and in, walking into the ring playing Pokemon. Had this been preceded by maybe one Pokemon Go segment. I would have liked it a little bit more, but this was the fourth Pokemon Go reference on the show. Enzo and Cass win. Shining stars are what they are. Like I said, they're, they're bound for those universal title runs in the WWC. Anything about this match do anything for you, Rob? No. I agree. Roman Reigns backstage, he sees Finn Balor. Finn Balor makes an Irish lucky joke. Roman Reigns says, he's Samoan enough said. That was cool. He's Samoan enough said. I don't know if that is actually enough said, really. Uh, But, uh, yeah, no, the backstage summit was fun. I would have liked if Finn Balor had kept the smile up instead of the look of, ooh, what am I walking into type of thing. Just keep the smile up. You know, why not? Just keep that smile going. You have the full confidence in the world. uh, And then you head out for that main event match. Finn Balor, Roman Reigns, did not expect to see that tonight. Finn Balor beats Roman Reigns clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring. Roman Reigns' third consecutive loss on TV. Third consecutive clean loss on TV to three different opponents. I'll ask you, Rob. Is the Roman Reigns project, at least to this extent, over? Not in the long term. Uh, maybe right now is a little bit of a punishment. I mean, we've seen guys go through this on a smaller scale, of course. Uh, I mean, more recently, look at Rusev. Rusev had the big, strong push as being the most dominant heel in the company for a year. And then he got crushed by John Cena at WrestleMania. And then he went nowhere for a long time. Then he had the horrible feud with Dolph Ziggler. He had the mess with Lana and Summer Rae to the point where you thought, really, they were just trying to kill this guy. Like they were super pissed at him for something. And look at him now. He's coming back. He, he waded through that. He didn't make any bad moves. He, he probably played nice backstage and, and got the company in his good graces again or gotten the good graces of the company. Uh, Roman Reigns has to play it smart now. Roman Reigns can't get frustrated by anything. He's got to do his job, and he's got to show him a reason why you can trust him to get back into that spot. So it really is all up to Roman Reigns at this point. Can he get back there? I really do believe so. I do believe he can get back there. But right now, it's not his time. Right now, it's the time of Seth Rollins. It's the time, apparently, of Finn Balor. And it's the time to see, which we didn't get an answer to. We didn't get an answer to what the Cruiserweight division is going to look like fully, even though we did see that they you know, they continually said they're going to bring it to Raw. And it looks like it's going to have a lot to do with what they're doing on the Cruiserweight Classic, because those are the different guys that we saw. But we still don't have a complete answer of what that division is going to look like. And we don't have an answer, really, to the Intercontinental Championship or the uh, U.S. title 
because Rusev was in one of the four ways for the Universal Championship. So we don't know what that division is going to look like. We don't know what Kevin Owens is going to do, like a Cesaro, what they're going to do. So we have a lot of answers still. But right now, it's not Roman Reigns' time. There's just, he was gone for a month and someone else stepped up. As mentioned, Finn Balor wins clean as a sheet. I complained about not having vignettes earlier in the night. I thought that if he, you know, I wanted a different order, but having him win that fatal four-way, showing the vignette in between, and then having him defeat Roman Reigns, you, I don't know if you can ask for a more a, a bigger debut than that. Um, and, you know, people people bring up Paige and they bring up Jericho, but this is this is Finn Balor defeating, by all accounts, the number two guy as as it pertains to, I guess, exposure, uh, not necessarily popularity, but WWE's perceived number two guy kind of on his first night on the main roster. This is Who in addition, one? John Cena, I would imagine. Roman so Reigns isn't Roman Reigns is not hosting the Today Show this morning. You're saying WWE as a whole, not just Raw. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But Raw's top guy, without a doubt. Yeah. Definitely. He was. He was definitely positioned as Raw's number one babyface tonight. Uh, with Seth Rollins being the number one, you know, heel uh, on the uh, on the SmackDown side, obviously, obviously it's John Cena with uh, Randy Orton probably number two, and AJ Styles is the top heel, I would imagine. But yeah, John Cena, he is the top guy. He's not positioned as the top guy right now. I don't think you can make the debate that he's positioned as the top guy within WWE at the moment, uh, just because he's not winning championships. He's not in main events. You know, he's got the program going with AJ Styles and he is the number one guy in WWE. But as far as how they're positioning him, you know, he, he's made it clear in promos. Like this is a guy that had the long career. He's not going anywhere, but he's not the world champion and he's not fighting for the world title and he's not there all the time. So yeah, he's a, he's kind of positioned as a part-timer in some ways. Did not expect Finn Balor to win this match. Nope. Absolutely did not. I, I don't know if I expected anyone to win. I think going in, I probably thought, okay, maybe a screwy finish here. Maybe we have a multi-man again. You know, the same match that we got last night, just insert Finn Balor instead of Dean Ambrose. Uh, I, I did not expect a clean win for Finn. And if someone was going to win clean, I thought it might have been Roman. But hey, I'll take this. Like going in, going in and based on evidence that was out there, it wasn't just me coming out of the thin blue sky with this, you know, like Finn Balor is going to be a cruiserweight. Sami Zayn's going to be a cruiserweight. Going into the show, I thought Finn Balor might be brought in as the headline of their cruiserweight division. I thought you have this guy, he's under the 205 weight limit. He's probably not fitting into the main event status right now. So why not bring him in as a figurehead of his own division? Why not? I I thought it worked out. And you know, there was, there were signs that pointed uh, towards that possibly happening. Uh, But no, I'll take this. (laughs) I, I will take him being a big star in the heavyweight division for sure. I mean, he is a cruiserweight, but he's a cruiserweight who could take on the heavyweight division just as Daniel Bryan did. Uh, you know, just as Rey Mysterio did. So good for him. I really hope this goes a long way. Uh, I'm not going to be upset if he doesn't win at SummerSlam. You know, Seth Rollins is op- a, a very good option too, but this is a good start. This is a really good start. And now what we're going to see is a dedicated feud between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor that will get time in the next four weeks leading up to SummerSlam. So we're going to get to see a lot of Finn Balor on television. Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam for the WWE Universal Championship. You you joked on Twitter, it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits. Uh, Ten years ago, these are two guys that would have qualified as cruiserweights. Now, you know, depending on, you know, maybe Seth Rollins is under 205 legitimately. Well, Seth, uh, Seth Rollins 10 years ago 
would have qualified as a cruiserweight. Sure. You know, the Seth Rollins that actually looked like he did 10 years ago. Uh, right now, and this guy's too tall. I mean, this guy's taller than Triple H. He's taller than John Cena. And he's filled out quite you know nicely. I mean, he's not the skinny, crazy guy that was on the independent scene. This is, this is a guy that looks legit like he should be a top guy in a promotion. He has everything they seem to look for. So could he be a cruiserweight now? I, they bill him at what, like 220, something around there, 217 maybe. Uh, whether he's, I, I think because of his height and the muscle mass he's put on, he probably is over 205. Like I could see him right at the two, 210 mark maybe. Um, but yeah, I, no, he's a guy who looks like he should be a, a guy for the main promotions title. Well, let me tell you, it's not that hard to fill out when you take your on it and you can take <laughs> on it just like Seth Rollins does. If you go to our podcast page and you click that on it link, maybe you want silky smooth skin like me, Rob, do you? You probably do. I don't even want you to answer. Then you can get some of their krill oil. Maybe you want to add on some of that muscle like Seth Rollins and you want to get one of their badass kettlebells. You click our link and you will unlock just a cheat code, a, a lost level of sales. Somebody asks if Onnit has estrogen blockers. You will not fail a drug test taking Onnit. That I assure you. Alpha Brain is my favorite supplement. I've been putting in 70-hour weeks at Fightful.com. 70-hour weeks. Doesn't look like those are stopping anytime soon. Got to take my Alpha Brain. And then at night, I take that new mood to help out my sleep cycle. Onnit.com. Check it out on our podcast page. Go to Fightful.com slash podcast. Click any of our podcast links. Now available in audio, by the way, guys. Direct download and streaming in audio. We are going to get them added to uh, iTunes and Stitcher soon. But, uh, yeah, go to on it, guys. Support the show. Support the podcast. We don't have a promo code. Just click the link. We had somebody just asking for a promo code. Go to our podcast page. Click that on it link. We are an official affiliate of on it now. Rob, usually I, I haven't had you rate a show, but this is a special occasion. Out of 10, what would you rate this Monday night raw? Um, I'll give it a nine. I mean, I don't know if there exists a perfect show, but this got me excited for SummerSlam. This got me excited for the future direction of raw. And it had some really cool moments that you'll probably want to go back. If you have, if you have Hulu, you probably go rewatch some of these moments. I know you can hit up the WWE YouTube and watch some of these moments. And it's going to be a show a year from now where we say, you know what? Finn Balor's been here for a year. Let's go back and look at his debut night, which is one of the best debut nights in WWE history. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty big show and a show that should be remembered as one of the best shows of this year. I couldn't agree more. Also, it got me interested in SmackDown tomorrow because I legitimately want to see how they answer this excellent episode of Raw. If they can answer this excellent episode of Raw, of course, I will be joined by uh, Rob's Shake Them Ropes co-host, Jeff Hawkins. Everybody seemed to like him. Also, guys, check out the, the post-Battleground show with Alex Palowski. You're talking to him in the chat room, I see, guys. So he, he was excellent last night. And also, check out Rob's Shake Them Ropes. Great stuff from Shake Them Ropes. Uh, we're also bringing you full live coverage of UFC 201 Lawler versus Woodley this Saturday. Uh, hey, Rose Nama Yunus is on that show. She takes her on it. Lots of fun stuff on that show, um, including Matt Brown versus Jake Ellenberger. Uh, Goyito, excited to see him. 
Uh, the return of Ian Uncle Creepy McCall. Also, guys, check the site tomorrow. Uh, Justin Golightly has a story up on Mark Henry telling the UFC. He had some select words for the UFC on today's MMA Hour podcast. Uh, also, great stuff. Check out uh, MMA Hour podcast. Supplies the MMA world with stories for an entire week. So I would be remiss if I didn't encourage you guys to check that out. Also, um, I will be back with Showdown Joe on Wednesday. We're going to be talking last Saturday's UFC on Fox 20. That women's bantamweight division is in disarray. Previewing UFC 201. He had some exclusive articles coming up on the site as well. I have worked with no MMA analysts better than Showdown Joe, so you all have to check those out as well. Rob, what are you looking for out of SmackDown tomorrow night? I'm just looking for them to do the best possible show they can. Um, you know, I'm, again, I'm going in with low expectations just based on the talent that's available on the show. Uh, I, I don't know if they have someone outside of American Alpha. You know, I'm not really looking for a Mojo Raleigh push. I'm not looking for a Carmella push. Um, and I'm, I'm obviously forgetting some. Who was the sixth NXT selection that I'm not even remembering right now? It was Mojo Raleigh, right? Yeah, it was Mojo Raleigh. Yes. Never mind. Oh, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. I'm not really expecting anything from uh, tomorrow night. So unless they prop up someone who's currently on the undercard, whether it's a Callisto, whether it could be maybe even Alberto Del Rio, you know, someone on the undercard, maybe there's a surprise coming up from NXT. Maybe they do something with Apollo Crews. Uh, that'd be cool. I'm just going in with low expectations because I don't know what they can do with that roster to make a show anyway, anything comparable to Monday Night Raw. So, uh, yeah, it's an open book. See what you can do to surprise me, SmackDown. Now, SmackDown does have one less hour to, to fill out. They have John Cena, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, American Alpha. I'm interested to see what happens there. Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. You know, I, I but you know when I see when I hear those names, I'm like, well, that could be a really good 90 minute show. That's right, Bray Wyatt. I for, I forgot even Bray Wyatt. I mean, the main event for SummerSlam for the SmackDown side very well could be Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt. Uh, so you know, how is Bray Wyatt going to get the title shot? Yeah, that's not something I'm really super excited to look forward to. Uh, we had someone in the chat room though ask, and hopefully, uh, I can get it back. Oh yeah, American Alpha can work with who? Well, based on the uh, pre-show last night and based on getting a, a solid tag team match. American Alpha and Brizongo would be a pretty cool program right now. Like I wouldn't, I, I'm up for that. I'm like thumbs up to those four guys going in there into the ring. And then also Larry asks, do you think SmackDown's going to add a women's championship and could they call it the women's universal championship in like a, uh, in like a troll job of raw? Boy, that'd be confusing. Wouldn't it? It would be because you have to have those names on the same show. Really? Just, I just, you know, we're, we can process more than one things, but you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to process more than one thing. So, yeah, I don't know what you do. Maybe just a, a SmackDown belt, you know, the blue belt, the women's Ugh. championship in a blue background is all we need. But do you think they actually add one at all? The six women on their roster right now, yep. Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Eva Marie, Naomi, and Natalia. But that's fine. I, you, it, It's a small number, yes. And, Mar- and Maurice, if for some reason she were to wrestle again. No, but it, it's a small number. Yes, it's a small number. But at the same time, you got Nikki Bella coming back. We don't know where Nikki Bella is going to be, right? She wasn't drafted anywhere. Was she Was she in the draft pool? No, she wasn't. Right. So we don't know. Nikki Bella, for all we know, could be put on SmackDown uh, going yeah, there they, when she gets ready to come back. If they were able to add her and Emma, boy, that, that's a real shot in the arm. That helps out a lot. 
I would honestly expect both of them when they're healthy to go to SmackDown, uh, not just because of the relationships they're in, but the fact that they're more needed on SmackDown right now, really. And they add to the depth of that division. But even with six, even with six, there's usually not that many. We, we had it right after the Divas Revolution where every woman on the roster was all on a program. But generally, you can have a program of one versus one and maybe a tag team program or another one versus one. You can have a division with only four regulars on the show at, at a time uh, if you had to. Do I want that? No, I would love more talent, obviously. But you don't have to have too many more than six. Tamina is out. Who knows where Tamina is going to be? The depth of SmackDown will improve. I think they, they have a women's championship they will put on SmackDown because otherwise there's no reason for Becky Lynch to be there. There's no reason for any of the female wrestlers to be there. If there's nothing to fight for, what are they going to do? Just go on a house show, have a match, go on TV, have a match, and there's nothing building? Like You can't have everything as a grudge feud for no reason. Maybe they can do the second-generation feud and have Natalia with Jim Neidhart and Carmella with Paul Van Dale. That's money. It's got money written all over it, you guys. Uh, it's going to yeah, let I, that bad joke sit. <laughs> so, uh, given the depth of that division, I expect really good things out of Alexa Bliss. Um, she's been ready for a little while. She she took the Emma, the basically the career advice of Emma, just followed that path and it, it reinvented her. So, and I'm interested to see how Carmella does on the main roster. Uh, Eva Marie, how do you think that works out? How often do you think they'll have her in the ring? It's a bit of an enigma here to me, the, the Eva Marie to the main roster situation. I don't care what Eva Marie does. And it's not because I hate her for any reason. I think she's doing fine for someone who obviously just doesn't want to be there in that role. Um, I don't know when total divas starts, maybe she'll be on TV every once in a while, but she's not going to be in anything important. I don't think they trust her to be in anything important, but I, for some reason they like her, they like her. Maybe it's the attention she gets. Maybe she's Live trying really too. hard. They Live like her. Show. Yeah. Um, she's on, she's I thought that she divas, right. She's going to be on the next season, right? Yeah. I thought she fit really well with what she was doing in NXT. She was a foil that, a lot of people were like, oh, dear God, are they really going to put her over this person? Right. And it got that kind of emotion out of it. And she had Nia Jax. But th- yeah, and, and with that, with her there, you're basically working with five women. And you don't know if Tamina's coming back or not. I have questions about whether she'll come back. She and, even comes back, yeah. And what she can provide at this stage. Because after that last knee injury... Boy, her her in ring ability just hit like a cliff. It fell off a cliff, rather. Yeah, no, she was uh, she was not very good. So, what you can get out of her when she comes back, I'm not sure if it's uh, if it's really anything, honestly. But you know what? They they have bodies in the division, and there's plenty of talent there in NXT that over the next year will rise up that can eventually take spots on the main roster. So, uh, you they can rebuild another Sasha Banks. They can rebuild another Bailey. You know, there is talent down there. We haven't even talked much about Bailey. Bailey is someone who can come up sometime soon and be big someone star who thrives on, on the SmackDown roster. Big star on SmackDown. We, yeah. we had a person that said, uh, why didn't they add the Cruiserweight division to SmackDown? Well, there are many reasons. I think, one, you got to fill out time on Raw. The Cruiserweights can do that. This mm. isn't the SmackDown that we grew up with, guys. This isn't on network TV. 
And there, there, you know, there were reasons for demographics that they would have the cruiserweight division. There were a lot of Hispanic wrestlers that fit in that demographic, and they would try to get to watch SmackDown that wouldn't usually watch Raw. Uh, lots of reasons. Are there any other ones that you see as why they would have the cruiserweight division on Raw, Rob? And just the three hours versus two. You have more time. You need something uh, more special to be on that show. Um, and you know, like I think we've all talked about. I've talked about it on my podcast. You've talked about it here. SmackDown has the bigger main eventers. They just do. They have Randy Orton, John Cena, AJ Styles. Raw had Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and now they have Finn Balor. And maybe eventually those three can be really huge. But star power-wise, if you're looking at house show events, SmackDown has the bigger star power. They just do. They didn't need the Cruiserweight division. They can build up their own regular divisions, the U.S. title, the the Intercontinental Championship, rather. Uh, Raw needed to fill time, and putting the Cruiserweights on that show with all the mix of talent, Raw was the show that needed the lift, not SmackDown. Um, now some may debate over the next couple of weeks that raw got too much of a lift compared to SmackDown, but I'm not going to complain when a show gets upgraded majorly, even if it's only the one show. So yeah, the cruiserweight division absolutely in my mind had to be on raw. I don't think going to Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan's show was enough of a reason to put the cruiserweight division on SmackDown. Guys, I want to thank you all so much for uh, tuning in this week. We had a very successful first 19 days I'll say that much, and I hope that once we really start to promote the site, you all uh, share it on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, all that good stuff. Of course, check out Shake Them Ropes. But yeah, any story you all share really helps us out because if you share it, then maybe somebody else will and somebody else will, so on and so forth. Of course, check out giraffebeast.com and click that on it link on our story, uh, on our podcast page, rather. Subscribe to the YouTube Visit Fightful all day, every day. We are constantly updating. It's a new site. We are updating all throughout the day, MMA, wrestling, boxing. If you don't like one of those sports, filter it out. doesn't matter. Uh, Also, our live coverage is something special. Having Alex Pawlowski do these live coverage uh, pages is, is different than what you will get anywhere else. Also, we are adding discus to these pages I know a lot of you at places that I have worked before um, wanted that, and it's something we're going to provide. Also, don't forget to register. Rob, tell them everything about Shake Them Ropes before we go. Shake Them Ropes is a podcast I host with Jeff Hawkins that comes out every Wednesday and sometimes many extra days like we did last week, which was crazy. Uh, catch me on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Get all the show information. Follow us online at VoicesOfWrestling.com. The podcast is hosted there. It's also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Just search for Shake Them Ropes and get a new podcast every Wednesday. So when you're done listening to the Fightful podcasts and you uh, need more audio, Jeff Hawkins and I are back with Shake Them Ropes talking all things WWE and NXT. And we do have uh, every once in a while call-in shows. So make sure you're following my Twitter. So if you want to do a call-in show, I will uh, let you know when that is happening and you can call in and talk whatever is on your mind. Special stuff over at Shake Them Ropes. So good that I had to have both of their hosts to help make my shows better. Rob, I want to thank you so much for joining us. This was an awesome Raw. It was an awesome Raw, and uh, hopefully they can follow it up with something. Even 70% as interesting would be great. Uh, but yeah, I know you know there's no, nef- there's no cliffhanger on these shows, but in a way... Getting to see what they do next with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins is huge. Getting to see what happens next with Roman Reigns. Because now, where does Roman Reigns fit in for SummerSlam? Like, this is seriously a situation where Roman Reigns may not fit in anywhere at SummerSlam. 
Because what, is he going to fight for the Intercontinental Championship? Is he going to fight for the U.S. title? I keep forgetting which show is, you know, which championship or whatever. I, what is he going to do? You have to have two tag team matches probably on that show. You have to have two women's matches on that show. You already have Brock and Randy. You already have the two world title matches. You have John Cena, AJ Styles. Is Roman going to be off SummerSlam completely is my question. I really wouldn't mind if uh, he started like a, a losing streak that just led to him snapping. Yeah, he can do a losing streak, but against who? Where does he fit in? Because there's a lot of things going on at SummerSlam. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, check us out tomorrow night, right after SmackDown, about 10 minutes after SmackDown, I am here with Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes. Wednesday, I am here talking UFC on Fox 20 and previewing UFC 201 with the great Showdown Joe, who was nominated... 2009 Journalist of the Year by Fighters Only Magazine, a great MMA insider. Um, Thursday afternoon, I'm here with Vince Russo. Then Saturday night, I'm back here after UFC 201 with Showdown Joe. Tons of podcasts. We're bringing you four to six a week. Some of them may be moved to our members only section, so make sure to go register at Fightful.com for free. Until next time, guys, we are out. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.